Why do some churches and Christians avoid talking about Bible prophecy in the end time? What's the story behind this silence? Welcome to Foreshadowed Report, a podcast dedicated to helping people grow in their understanding of Bible prophecy and its relevance to their lives today. This is host Steve Miller, and each week we look at what the Bible says about the end time and explore how today's events are setting the stage for Christ's return. All of this is done with a desire to help us grow in our love and awe of the God behind all Bible prophecy. In the previous episode of Foreshadows Report, I shared the story of when I was first introduced to the subjects of Bible prophecy and the end time. All growing up, the churches I went to never talked about these things, neither from the pulpit, nor in Sunday school classes, or in Bible study groups. But when I went to college, all of that changed. I started attending a church that was committed to teaching the Bible verse by verse, book by book. This meant we covered every passage and topic in the Bible, including those about the end time. Now, when we consider the large number of verses in the Bible that talk about the end times and the second coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, it's remarkable that there are so many pastors and Christians who prefer to avoid talking about the end times altogether. To give you some idea of just how prominent the end times are in Scripture, I'd like to share with you an interesting statistic that's very eye-opening. It has to do with the ratio of Bible passages that talk about Christ's first coming compared to the number of verses about His second coming. There are more than 100 distinct prophecies about Jesus' first advent, about His genealogy, His birth, His life, ministry, death, burial, resurrection, and ascension. But for every one prophecy about Christ's first coming, there are eight about His second coming. There are eight times as many verses. That makes it pretty clear that God wants His people to know what the future holds. If we're willing to talk about Christ's first coming, and we do that a lot, especially at Christmas time and Easter, how much more should we be willing to talk about His second coming? The New Testament alone mentions Christ's return 318 times, or one out of every 30 verses. Many of those prophecies include details about what will happen during the last day, the rapture, the tribulation, the second coming, and more. For anyone to set these aside is to ignore what God intends for us to know. Consider, too, that the final book of the Bible, the book of Revelation, deals extensively with the end times. And, shortly before his crucifixion, Jesus gave a lengthy message to his disciples about his return. So, this is clearly a prominent topic, and there are reasons that God has included all of this information in his word. It's meant to be taught and to be known, so much so that right near the beginning of the book of Revelation, God made this promise. Blessed is the one who reads aloud the words of this prophecy, and blessed are those who hear and who keep what is written in it, for the time is near. God promises blessing to those who read what he has revealed about the end times. So, 
Going back to the churches and Christians who are reluctant to talk about the last days, why is this the case? Well, there are a variety of reasons, and most of them fall into these three categories. First, there is a fear of generating controversy and division. You may be aware that for some topics about the end time, there are multiple views or opinions. For example, there are different views about when the rapture will take place, or whether Bible passages about Jesus' future kingdom on earth are meant to be taken literally or figuratively. Sometimes these differing views lead to strong disagreements between people, and this, in turn, leads some pastors and believers to think it's better just to stay quiet. They don't want to risk generating controversy and division within their church. The second reason is a fear of being viewed as sensational. And it's true. Unfortunately, much of what is said and written about Bible prophecy is accompanied by sensationalism and wild speculations about the future. Wanting to distance themselves from those who are responsible, there are many pastors and believers who not only distance themselves from the sensationalistic teachers and teaching, but they also distance themselves from Bible prophecy altogether. Now, while it's true that there is a lot of sensationalism in this area, that should make us all the more eager to respond by teaching Bible prophecy in a responsible and sober manner. 2 Timothy 2.15 calls us to rightly handle the word of truth. And the more actively we teach about the end time in ways that are responsible and that are faithful to what Scripture actually says, the more we are able to counter sensationalistic teachings. But if we don't say anything, that means sensationalism is left unchallenged, and that's not healthy for the church. The third reason is a fear of the complicated and the unknown. Many people have the perception that Bible prophecy is complicated and difficult to understand. While it's true that there are some points of prophecy that are mysterious or a challenge to interpret, a lot of prophetic passages are rather straightforward. And we have the benefit of living in a day when there are many great resources available to help us better understand Bible prophecy. The mere fact that there are some things in Scripture that are hard to figure out doesn't mean we should avoid them. For example, consider the truths about the Trinity. It's hard for us to wrap our minds around the fact that God is one and yet exists in three persons, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And it's okay if there are some truths that are hard for us to comprehend. That doesn't make those truths any less important. Our responsibility is to treat all of God's Word as worthy of our attention. If God has revealed something to us, He has done so for a reason. So, what are some thoughts we can share with others to encourage them toward a willingness to teach or talk about the end time? I'm going to share with you seven thoughts that we can share. And let's start with this. First, if we're willing to talk about Christ's first coming, then we should be willing to talk about his second coming too. Earlier, we talked about the fact that there are more than 100 distinct prophecies in the Bible about Christ's first coming, all of which were fulfilled literally and accurately. We don't have any problem talking about these. In fact, 
We use these passages as confirmation that God knows the future and that Christ truly is the Messiah that was promised to take away our sins and bring us back to God. Fulfilled prophecy is evidence that we can trust God's Word. Again, we don't seem to have any trouble talking about Christ's first advent. At Christmas time, the prophecies about Christ's first coming are all around us. They appear in the hymns of the season, they are featured on Christmas cards, and they're joyfully proclaimed from the pulpit. And another time that we talk about the prophecies of Christ's first coming is Easter. How often do we hear about Jesus' own prophecy, that after three days in the grave, he would rise from the dead? As we noted earlier, for every prophecy about Christ's advent, there are eight about his return. Second, it's noteworthy that when the disciples asked Jesus, what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? Jesus didn't rebuke them for asking this question. Instead, he gave them a lengthy and amazingly specific response that fills all of Matthew's chapters 24 and 25. If Jesus taught so openly about the end time, shouldn't we do likewise? Third, in his sermon about the end times, Jesus declared, Keep watch, because you do not know on what day your Lord will come. In Matthew chapters 24 and 25, Jesus spoke at length about what would happen in the days before his return. In this one message, he gave five warnings for people to be alert and ready. They are found in Matthew 24, verses 36, 42, 44, and 50, and in Matthew 25, 13. How can we keep watch or be alert if we aren't informed about the end times? The fact that Jesus gave these repeated warnings to keep watch should tell us something. Fourth, the New Testament teaches repeatedly about the end times. In the New Testament epistles, we're told to live with a constant sense of expectation for our Lord's return. In 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, Paul wrote, Regarding the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and our gathering together to him, no one is to deceive you in any way. In Titus chapter 2, Paul wrote that we are to live sensibly, righteously, and in a godly manner, as we are looking for the blessed hope and the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Christ Jesus. And in the book of Hebrews, we are commanded to encourage one another as you see the day approaching, the day of Christ's return. How can we avoid wrong teachings about the last days, look for the blessed hope, and live with expectation if we don't know what to expect? Then, of course, there's the final book of the Bible, which provides us with a magnificent preview of the last days and Christ's glorious return to earth. It doesn't make sense to teach from the Bible and leave out the ending, does it? So in summary, 23 of the 27 New Testament books contain end-time prophecies, including some that were taught by Jesus himself. This tells us that God clearly wanted his people to know about what is to come, or he wouldn't have ended the Bible with the book of Revelation. 
The fifth thought we can share with those who are reluctant to talk about the end time is that we must teach and study all Scripture so that believers can be equipped for every good work. 2 Timothy 3, verses 16 and 17 tell us that all Scripture is profitable for teaching so that the man of God may be adequate, equipped for every good work. And that includes Bible prophecy, which equips us in at least these three ways. Prophecy motivates us to live in purity and not in sin, so that we are prepared for Christ's return, which could happen at any moment. Prophecy reminds us of the urgency of sharing the gospel with the lost before time runs out. And prophecy teaches us to live with an eternal perspective. Prophecy helps us to keep looking heavenward to what God has planned for our future. If we want to be fully informed and equipped as believers, we need to pay attention to Bible prophecy. The sixth thing we can share is that prophecy reminds us to build up one another as we see the day approaching. Hebrews 10.25 urges us that we be careful not to neglect to meet together, but to encourage one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. In Scripture, we read verses that tell us that until the time of Christ's return, we are to remain steadfast, to walk wisely, to do the Lord's work while it is still day, for night is coming. And the best way to make sure we occupy until his return is to mutually strengthen and encourage one another, as Hebrews 10.25 says, As we fellowship with each other and build up one another, we are able to be better prepared to serve God while there's still time. And finally, the seventh reason. Prophecy encourages us to focus on the things of heaven and eternity. The more we learn about heaven and eternity, the less we are inclined to love the things of this world. Colossians 3.2 commands, Set your mind on the things above, not on the things that are on earth. Bible prophecy has a marvelous way of helping us to develop an eternal mindset, one that looks ahead to the future, Bible prophecy keeps us looking upward to God rather than downward to the things of this world. Well, we've just looked at seven good reasons to be informed about Bible prophecy in the end time, and every one of these reasons is based on truths and facts that we find in Scripture itself. Ultimately, it all comes down to this. God has a reason for including so much information about the end time and Christ's return in the Bible. These truths are meant to be known, and they are meant to shape our lives for the better. Prophecy motivates us to live pure lives in anticipation that Christ could call us home at any moment. Prophecy reminds us that time is running out, that when it comes to sharing the gospel with unbelievers, we should do so sooner rather than later, for there may never be a later. And prophecy teaches us to live with hope. Hope that there is a better day coming. A day when, as Revelation 21.4 says, God will wipe away every tear from our eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain any more, for the former things have passed away.
and in the second to the last verse of the Bible, Revelation 22.20, Jesus says, Surely I am coming quickly. And the Apostle John's response to that is, Amen. Even so, come, Lord Jesus. That's the kind of anticipation we are called to have as believers. And to have that anticipation, we need to be familiar with Bible prophecy. Thank you for joining me for this episode of Four Shadows Report. My prayer is that you've been blessed by this podcast, and I hope you'll join us again for future episodes. I also want to thank Harvest House Publishers for making this podcast possible. If you'd like to find more great resources on Bible prophecy, you'll want to go to the Harvest Prophecy website at harvestprophecyhq.com. Again, thank you. Thank you.